Coming up on Chasing the Natty, it's championship week. Let's finish strong, y'all. Looking to Jared Stearns, who makes the catch and scores. What a burst! Trey Vaughn Anderson! As advertised, touchdown, Buckeyes! This is Chasing the Natty, a college fantasy football podcast. All right, welcome in, everybody. This is Jared Palmgren, host of the Chase and Natty podcast. I hope you guys are having a wonderful ride to your work on this. Well, actually, no, you're not. You're probably not working tomorrow. Again, some of you might be, and I hope you can get out pretty early because it's Thanksgiving weekend. It's rivalry weekend. It is all of these great things. Go enjoy your time with your family. Watch some good football with everybody. I know my family certainly will all be watching different games as the weekend goes along. But yeah, but more importantly than anything else regarding this podcast, it is CFF Championship Week. Congratulations to each and every one of you who have made it to your champions uh, championships this far. It's been a lot of hard work. And regardless of what maybe the other guy across from you might be saying about how trash your team is and they're totally going to win the championship, it takes a lot of hard work in order to reach this stage. And regardless of anything else, if you've made it this far, you probably have a pretty darn good team. So be confident in it, and we are going to help you guys make sure you can bring home the dub this weekend. In order to help out with that, I have my wonderful co-host, as always, for these preview podcasts, Mr. Chris Moxley. Chris, how are you doing tonight, sir? Good. So I, I am not a Thanksgiving guy, and I've been, I think I've been on the record as this. Uh, I think it's one of the worst holidays out there. Not to not not to be negative about this week, but here's what I will say. Rivalry weekend coincides, so it's not all that bad. Yeah. And if you want if you want the best tip I can give about the holidays, skip the turkey. Get like a some nice cut of steak. I was, I was wondering if you're going to go the ham route because I know a lot of people. No, really like no, the no, ham no, route. no, 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 no. Some nice cut of steak, prime rib, beef tenderloin, mm-hmm. all good options. You don't have to have turkey. You can keep the sides, which are good. Don't have to have turkey. My thing but is, but it is championship weekend, and so if you're a champion, consider having the. Uh, Consider having the prime rib. Consider having the beef tenderloin. Consider having a nice cut of meat. Here is my more my thing more than anything else. Yes, you have your traditional Thanksgiving dinners, which are great. I love them. My family happens to be able to cook really, really good ones, so I have no problem going over to them and enjoying some nice turkey each year. But more than anything else, don't force yourself to cook something you don't know how to cook. If, you're, if your entire family is coming together to eat together... Dad gummit, just make what you're good at and have everybody enjoy it. That's again, like Mock said, that's like probably more important than anything else. And if you're really good at making a prime rib for everybody, make a prime rib. If you've got the best steaks in the world, make a good steak for everybody. That will be much more appreciated than trying your dry ass turkey for the third year in a row. 
Um, again, and this is coming from somebody who I, I, I like turkey pretty much, even, even ones that are a little bit too dry. So even so, I'm looking forward to Thanksgiving. Again, I'm going to my grandmother's house. All of her grandchildren are going to be together under one roof for the first time in like half a decade. So she's really excited about it. I'm really excited to see some cousins I haven't seen in a long time. So it's going to be a good week. And it hopefully is going to be a good week on the CFF side of things here. Uh, we got some games we'll kind of discuss. Again, rivalry weekend, fun games. Got some got some pretty high-ranked matchups we'll discuss real quick. And then we'll get into the sit-start dilemmas this week. Got a little surprise for you guys. We're going to answer every single one that was submitted to us. Uh, and at least under the... Um, the Chasing Natty Twitter account at Chasing the Natty. Uh, we put the tweet out. Any question that was put under there, unless it was one of those crazy ones where you gave me seven names and asked me to pick three or four, I can't do that. Not on this show. But anyone that fit the criteria will be answered tonight. We're going to go real rapid fire through each and every one of them. I think we got 28 different ones that we're going to hit on here. So hopefully we touch on some guys that you're definitely willing to. Uh, that you're definitely thinking about and can be useful to you. And then afterwards, of course, we'll get to the higher scoring matchups that, again, if you're in a championship league or championship, you probably already have the guys you're ready to start. But if for some reason you guys, you have some guys that are just in bad matchups this week, you can go out to some of these games and maybe find a guy there that you can start. With that being said, before we get to the games, got to give this spiel. If you're watching this on YouTube, make sure you like, comment, and subscribe. Like button right down there, the little thumbs up button. Very easy to click. Helps us out a ton. If you're listening to this on podcast, make sure you follow us. Leave the five-star review and leave us a written review on Apple Podcasts. Again, I always enjoy listening to those. And then if you are not following me on Twitter, I am at CFF underscore Jared, you can follow, oh my goodness, Mr. Chris Moxley above me, at Chris Moxley 19. We are part of the CFF team here at Campus Canton. It is myself, Chris Moxley, right there above me, as well as Nate Marquise and Brandon Sanders and our DFS team made up of Chris K and Ethan Sowers. They are doing a ton of work over there to make sure that you guys can earn your money. We got podcasts, we got articles, we got weekly CFF rankings. Go check out Moxley's rankings on the Campus Canton website. He does a fantastic job putting those together for you every Sunday and updating them as the week goes along. And then continue to stay with us for the offseason. We'll be discussing some Dynasty stuff. We'll be discussing all things 2023 pretty much after this week. We'll be making that switch here pretty soon. And we will have all the tools necessary you guys will need to get a head start on next year. With that being said, Mox, let's talk about some of these games. These, like, these bigger games this weekend again it's rivalry weekend and it's really nice to see we got a good slate of teams that despise one another both highly ranked and there's there's some spoilering that could definitely happen this weekend but i think there's no other place really to start than the number two versus number three matchup in ohio state versus michigan ohio state the seven and a half point favorite here over under 57 points so there's some cf there's definitely plenty of cff relevance here I don't think anybody expects this to be like a super low-scoring low game. Uh, guys who you would normally start, Stroud, Harrison, Quorum, if he plays, like all these guys should be relevant in this game. What are your thoughts on this game, Mox? Yeah, so I feel pretty confident projecting Quorum to play this week. Just based on what I've read um, and heard, I think he's going to play. 
So I, I think you have to play him. Marvin Harrison, Emeka Buka. I think you play both those guys. Don't think JSN is going to be back this week. It does, certainly doesn't sound like it. Um, CJ Stroud, of course. And I'm not sure I want to play anybody on Michigan besides Corum currently. No. Um, too May- much, way too much risk involved in that passing game. And I don't like the way JJ McCarthy plays. So, no. yeah, I'm not, I'm not a big fan of what how McCarthy has looked this year. And really, again, if, if, if Corum's out this game, I have no clue how Michigan wins this game. Again, Donovan Edwards, when we've seen him out they, there, they won't. He he doesn't seem like the back that can take over after Corum. CJ Stokes, we got a good look at what he looked like last week when he tried to take over for Corum. And while I think he has a bright future, I don't think he's definitely not ready now in order to take that over. Again, we saw what Michigan's offense looked like when he tried to come in. So it's Corum or Bust so Michigan. Actually, Go ahead. I I think Donovan Evers is gonna play this game too for what's Oh he will. Um I think he was held out last week as like a precaution, and I think he could have played. But, this came to bite him back in the butt. <laughs> yeah, right? Like, when you were down to CJ Stokes. And I like the way Stokes looked, too. Maybe that's a dynasty conversation topic. It will like be. We, we were just talking about. But, uh, yeah, I, I Blake Corum on Michigan and then the usual suspects for Ohio State. Yeah. 100%. Um, I think Stroud, given... I don't want to say the passing game struggles because it, it, it feels weird to say that because, again, Ohio State's still been pretty productive through the air. But, again, last couple of weeks, it definitely seems like they've almost hit a little bit of a lower gear compared to how we've been used to. Again, Marvin Harrison has still been very good as well. But I believe C.J. Stroud has not hit more than two touchdowns in his last two games uh, per game. So it's definitely a little bit worrying if you're relying on him for CFF, and especially going up against a pretty good Michigan defense. But... This is also a rivalry game. You know Ryan Day is probably looking to hang half a hundred on Michigan, so you definitely don't have to worry about him taking out your guys, even if Ohio State does start to run away with this thing. So we'll see. Okay, I got a, I got a question for you. Okay, what's up? Would you play Julian Fleming in this matchup? Would I play Julian Fleming in this matchup? I would probably not. Given... Because he... Given he him, hasn't had more than five points in the last five weeks. Yeah, I know. I, so. it, it, it looked good for me at first there, but it uh, looks like I'm going to have to be dumping water on myself here in the next, uh, um, probably on our recap show. We could probably take care of that. Um, yeah, the, that, it, it looked good. and then I, I, But I also I also kind of blame, the just again, like I said, the passing game kind of hit a little bit of a lower gear. Even a Mecca hasn't had a great last couple of weeks. So it's not like... And Mecca Book has just completely taken over on like in spite or um um it's not like it was it was not a zero sum game where like one of them could be performative and the other one couldn't. It's just both of them have kind of sucked the last couple of weeks. And Marvin Harrison Jr. has really been the only one to uh perform, which is part of the reason why he should be probably the Blitnikoff yep. award winner this year. But another different conversation for a different day. Another top matchup here. I'm going a little out of order here on the sheet, Chris, so forgive me here, but let's go to Notre Dame, USC. A lot riding on this game. Notre Dame definitely been a Jekyll and Hyde version of itself pretty much the entire year. Uh, eight and three record does not show j- just how ugly some of those losses were for Notre Dame, but granted, they kind of turned themselves around. They beat Clemson. Great win for them right there. Uh, convincingly and so it really comes down to does Notre Dame want to spoil USC's chances to make the playoff here because again USC drops another one here they're definitely out of the conversation here and 
Obviously, you look to start your USC guys here, Caleb Williams, Jordan Addison. What about Austin Jones and Kyle Four? Kyle Four has been one who's kind of emerged a little bit for USC over the last couple of weeks. Anybody else on this Trojan offense that you think might be worth looking at here? I don't think so. Like, Notre Dame's still a good defense. USC's had some pretty easy matchups in the last few weeks. Um, which Defensively, at think, least. Yeah, 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 yeah. Like, they played some really poor defenses. So I don't really want to venture outside the guys I'm comfortable with for the Trojans, especially not this week, right? Like, I don't think this is the week to take risks no. and try to, like, play matchups. You feel really, really good about it. Um, I think the more interesting question is on Notre Dame side of things. Is yes. the, the, what I go to is, you're obviously playing Michael Marion. There's no what universe that you're no not way. playing Michael Marion. I think you could play both Logan Days and Audric Estime in this matchup. And, and USC has a bottom five rush defense in the country in terms of basically every rushing statistic you look at, explosiveness, rushing success rate. Like they're really, really bad against against the rush. So. I think both guys could have like games points. And I don't think that's, I think it's a really good matchup. And Drew Pine's not going to, not going to hog the touchdowns. So I, I think no. they're scoring is probably on the ground. No, I, I, I agree 100%. It feels very similar to kind of what they did versus Clemson just a couple of weeks ago, where both of those guys, I think they ran for over 400 yards in that game, if I remember correctly. Like it was something absolutely nuts. Yeah. And it, again, Obviously, both guys didn't hit 200 yards, but both guys were well over 100 yards. Both of them, I think, had multiple scores in that game. I could see something. I'm not going to say they get that high, but again, with how USC's rush defense has been throughout this year, I could absolutely see Notre Dame taking advantage of that. Uh, the over-under under in this game is 64.5. I fully expect both of these teams probably to reach around the upper 20s, high 30s in terms of the scoring, so plenty of touchdowns to go around. And like you said, Bucks. Notre Dame is going to be either Estime or Diggs that gets the touchdowns, or and, and Meyer. It's going to be one of those three guys. So I do think all three of them are worth playing here. I wouldn't put Diggs and Estime in that top tier because I could totally see a possibility where it's just a Logan Diggs kind of day and Estime just doesn't find the end zone for some reason or vice versa. That's the risk I'm probably not taking with those guys. But they're like They're like good flex plays. They are each of them in my opinion like you really don't want to like i'm not feeling great if one of them is my rb1 and probably not rb2 mm-hmm. but if i could if i could sell one of them in my flex knowing how bad usc's rush defense is like that's not a bad like even if they get down to like i don't know if they're gonna abandon the run because of how bad this passing game is so like i'm not yeah, sure yeah. they're gonna be game scripted out of it totally either and, and, and both of them can catch the passes i would say both I, of them I don't are know decent estimate can is. both of them are yeah. pretty decent at yeah. catching passes yeah, they're not, they're not terrible. I think Logan Diggs a little bit better, but yeah. but yeah, and and also this game is a seven thirty game, I believe, on Saturday night. So again, another reason why they make great flex plays because it gives you plenty of time. If something else pops up, you can easily sub them out for somebody else. Um, Oregon, Oregon State. What kind of money do you think you could have gotten on before the preseason that both of these teams would be ranked going into this matchup? I don't think Oregon State had been ranked since, what, 2016? Yeah. Uh, so, probably pretty good. I think we thought Oregon would be ranked. Yeah, they've been um, quietly Oregon's- a really good squad this year, especially on defense. Yeah. Again, going back to that USC game, USC had four turnovers, in, or um, created four turnovers in that game, 
and still could only muster up 17 points. That is very impressive, no matter who you're playing against. And it's even more impressive that they were able to do that against a Leak and Riley-led offense, led by Caleb Williams. So Oregon State been they're scrappy. Quietly underrated, very good. Oregon only favored in this game by three points, over under 58. Mox, who are you pretty comfortable starting in this game? And are you a little bit nervous considering how good Oregon State's defense is about some of the Oregon players? Oregon State's defense doesn't super scare me against this offense, traditionally speaking. I am concerned about Bo Nix's ankle, though, because he's clearly he's clearly limited. Like mm-hmm. He did not look like the same quarterback in terms of being able to run. That's definitely going to hurt his upside in this matchup. So I, I, like, I have him in the low teens or like early twenties this week. So like that kind of tells you what I think about him because otherwise he'd probably be a top five pick mm-hmm. uh, play this week. Um, I do think you can play Marquise Irving. I think that he's a fine play, but I don't know if I actually want to play anybody else in this Oregon team if I think that Bonix is going to be as limited as he is because again, Oregon State's defense, like you said, not that bad. And then on the other side of the ball, like, <laughs> who can you trust? Can you trust Damian Martinez? Maybe a little bit, but like, you can't trust the passing game. Like, Ben yep. Goldbrenton sucks. And like, he's even worse than Chance Nolan. Mm-hmm. And like, they're both bad quarterbacks. I just like, this game is so funny, right? The total is 58, and I have no idea where the points are going to come from. Like, I know that points will be scored. I just don't know where they're going to come from. Well, and Oregon State also has this nasty habit of letting Damian Martinez do all the work and then some random fullback comes in from the back bench and they just throw him out there for a two-yard touchdown that typically would belong to Damian Martinez. But I think, again, if you're trying to guess where the points are going to come from for Oregon State here, Damian Martinez is probably the easy play. If you got him and you're planning on starting him this week, I think you start it with confidence. So here's here's what I, I will say about um this Oregon defense. They're terrible against the pass. Oops, excuse me. Terrible against the pass. Kind of decent against the run. Mm-hmm. Like top 20 probably against the run. So just something to think about. Like I'm not I he's more of a flex play for me than he is a guy I'm comfortable starting as like an RB1. No, fair enough. RB2. I agree. I agree with that. Yeah. Just keep just like Tavian Thomas did not have a good game last week against Oregon that wasn't super surprising to me because Oregon's strength is really their front seven yeah all righty moving over to the final game we'll kind of talk about here before we get into the sit starts rapid fire session my neck of the woods your neck of the woods let's go over to North Carolina NC State I believe both of these teams are ranked I think NC State is still ranked I just I literally just watched the playoff ranking show and I completely forgot if NC State is even ranked but i mean regardless they're ranked in the a people they're ranked in the a people so regardless this is a tough matchup right here unc coming off the brutal brutal loss to georgia tech last week drake may having his worst uh his worst day on the season pretty much by far i would say um yeah dashing his heisman helps pretty much completely right there and really again it started the it with all the rumors swirling around about him potentially transferring after the season, which I'm not sure how true that really is, but regardless, there is quite a bit of smoke there. UNC's drawn a pretty tough matchup here in the last week of the season. It's their arch rival, but also NC State, one of the better defenses in the ACC, been able to hold some pretty good offenses 
to very few points. Do we think that matters at all, Mox? Because again, for the most part this year, UNC has just gotten into shootout after shootout, no matter how good of the defense they're kind of going up against is. Do we think this is another pretty good week for Drake May and company, or do we think kind of pump the brakes just a little bit? No, I think you... I just don't know how you can sit Drake May and Josh Downs or, like, feel not confident in them, given what we've seen the whole year. Mm -hmm. Josh Downs was a dropped ball away from UNC winning this game, and we wouldn't even really, I don't think, have that much concerns against uh, about this UNC offense. A couple minutes left, Josh Downs drops it in the end zone. So, yeah, I, I, I think you clearly roll out both guys. No question for me. I don't... I think they're the only two I really want to start unless Antoine Green is going to play. And I haven't heard if he is or isn't. It's just like, it's a weird situation with him. Um, I'm not a Bryson Nesbitt fan. Like, I'm not sure how much work he's going to get. He's still split with Kamari Morales. But if you're desperate for a tight end, obviously, I I think that you can start him. He seems to get a little bit more work when Green is out. And they need a secondary option to kind of give josh downs a little bit of breathing room which is one thing unc is doing a lot better this year than they did last year for sure but in terms of rushing i mean elijah green i wouldn't start him in this matchup because i don't think what what helped with him last week is that georgia tech's defense is rushing defense especially is just god awful and that's why he was able to rip off that 80 yard run that basically saved his entire fantasy because otherwise he really didn't have that great of a day uh, and now he ripped off another one later in the game it was called back due to holding which made me cry a little bit because i wanted those fantasy points but nc state's not going to be the team that he can rip off runs like that because that's just not the kind of running back that he is he's very much a plotter he's dependable three three yards per carry kind of guy you hope he can get a fourth on one of those carries so he can get you to get you to the first down pretty much um and NC State's got a good enough defense to where I think they're going to hold him to less than that. And he's not going to be the guy that probably finds the end zone. It'll be on the back of Drake May again in this one if they want to win. Yeah, um, they have the best linebacker core in the country, straight up. Like Drake Thomas and Isaiah Moore are possibly the best duo. Yeah. So, I just, like, you really don't want to be messing around with this UNC, NC State front seven. So, I, I tend to agree. But I don't know that you can start for anybody from NC State. Like, who, uh, who, like I don't think MJ Morris is going to play in this game. No, he's not. He's after the year, pretty much. Yeah. That's, I don't, I don't think it's been confirmed, confirmed. But, like, we all kind of know. I'm sure it's, it's true. A lot of, lot of smoke to that fire. So, I, I mean, I don't feel good starting any of the receiving options. I no. wouldn't start Jack Chambers. I don't think you can trust the running game currently. So, uh, you haven't been able to trust the running game all year. That's true. Once Slimy Shark got uh, banged dinged up. up, man, it was it was downhill from there. But, no, I, I think the only players you can actually start in this game are Josh Downs and Drake May. And feel good about. And feel good I think about. you can play Bryson Nesbitt, uh, especially in, like, a two tight end league or something. Mm-hmm. Or, you're, or you just don't have the, the depth. You can play him, but... I have a really tough time starting anybody besides those two. No, absolutely. Give me one second. Just got to check something real quick. All righty. Let's hit these rapid fire sit start questions. Uh, unfortunately for everybody today, if you're watching this on YouTube, could not get around to the graphics because uh, against too many of them, got a little busy at work and everything. So we're just going to talk about it here with our pretty little faces. And but it also again opens up the opportunity for a discuss even more of these because I didn't have to make graphics for all of them. So let's 
go to the quarterbacks here first, Mr. Moxley. First one comes to us from Mark Bauman. Joe Milton, quarterback out of Tennessee, taking over for Hendon Hooker, going up against Vanderbilt, or Dylan Gabriel going up against Texas Tech. 30 seconds or less, Mox. Who are you going with? Dylan Gabriel. Um, he, he let me down against West Virginia, but I still think this is a good offense, and I still think Texas Tech's defense needs a lot of work. I am not ready to trust Joe Millen on his first start of the season against a Vanderbilt team that's playing a lot better in recent weeks. Their first back-to-back SEC wins in four years. Four years. Yeah, absolutely incredible. And also, congratulations. If we have any Vanderbilt fans out there, y'all enjoy it. This is like this is really, really cool stuff for you guys. And This could be an upset, by the way. Oh, I 100% agree. Again, if, if Milton craps the bed here, Vanderbilt absolutely could take advantage of this, which, by the way, if you didn't listen to our podcast on Monday, I absolutely think Mike Wright, if he's available and you're struggling at QB, absolutely worth a play in this game. I think Mike Wright could be in for a huge, huge day against that Tennessee defense. Um, which way I'm going with this one? I'm so I'm with you, Mox. I'm going to go Dylan Gabriel. I'm going to lean towards the guy who has performed well for fantasy for the most part this year. Uh, if I remember correctly, he is currently the QB. Where are you, Mr. Gabriel? Uh, he's currently QB 38, but he missed a couple of games. He's He's got a pretty good average for the most part this season. I'm going to lean towards him. If you are sitting there and you're thinking... I have, to, I have to shoot for upside. The team I'm facing is just too good. Maybe you roll with Milton, but if you're just looking for a guy that's going to guarantee you 20, 20 25 points... And the Gabriel's rest got the upside in this game, too, in my opinion. Okay. I just don't think Milton's got it. Okay. But that's, I'm, a, I'm not a Joe Milton truther. I'm not I'm not Chris K. So. Regardless, I'll, I'll say Dylan Gabriel here as well. I'm going too long on this. Next question. This one comes to us from Daniel Miner. Pick two here, Mox. We got DJU going up against South Carolina. Ooh, that's unfortunate for you. Or... Jalen Daniels, uh, quarterback out of Kansas, going up against Kansas State. Or Nikosi Perry, quarterback out of FAU, going up against Western Kentucky. Where are you going with this one, Chris? 30 seconds. <laughs> Man, I really don't like any of these options. I have no idea what's going on at, at the Kansas quarterback position. I feel like it's, there's some funkiness there. Uh, Kansas State's honestly playing a lot better in recent weeks, so I don't know if I want to go that way. Um Listen, South Carolina's defense is not good, but they played a lot better in last last week and the week two weeks prior to that. I don't trust EJU, period. So I'm gonna go up to Coastal Perry against West Kentucky team that I think can be beat. Okay. Um so, and he's got it's a pick two, so are you going with DJU as the second option oh, there? Shoot. Um Yeah, I, I guess, but I really don't feel good about it. Yeah, Not that I'm gonna. I, I like. I I don't have a good second option. I'll be honest. Again, I honestly think DJU is probably the best play out of this bunch because again, first of all, they're letting him use his legs a lot more, which is very very nice. Um, and South Carolina, they've been playing better in recent weeks, but they still gave up 38 points to Tennessee last week. So I think there's still definitely some opportunity for. That feels like a win. Oh, it's a win. But also, some teams are able to hold them to 13. Um. And then, okay, again, well, South Carolina and Georgia aren't really <laughs> I know, comparable. I, know, I, know. I, would, I would say one team did a good job. Um, Jalen Daniels, if I knew he was healthier, would probably be the easy option out of this bunch. But again, I just can't trust that he is 100% right now. So I'd probably lean towards DJU and Nikosi Perry here as well. 
Next one, Todd Vinson. This one is Bo Nix going up against Oregon State or Riley Leonard going up against Wake Forest. I honestly lead towards Riley Leonard here. Uh, just a higher higher scoring matchup, dual threat quarterback. Def, like When he's supposed to, for the most part, he produces for you when he goes up against bad defenses. I like him a whole lot better than trying to guess if Bo Nix will be 100% in this game against a pretty, like we mentioned earlier, pretty good Oregon State defense. Give me Riley Leonard here, Todd. Box. No argument. Bo Nix is banged up. Ral Leonard has the upside. Can absolutely run for like 101. Uh, so Wake Forest defense stinks. All righty. Next one here, Ty Myers, also asking about Riley Leonard going up against Wake Forest, but he is in competition with Caleb Williams going up against Notre Dame. Quick, easy one here for me. How in the hell do you make it this far, you make it to your championship, and then sit Caleb Williams? No way you sit Gal- Caleb Williams. He is, no, galaxy, you- bra- galaxy braining out of it. Don't, don't, even, don't even do it. Nope. Next question. Next question, Ty Start in this case, start your stud, start Caleb Williams. Notre Dame's not that good of a defense. Next one. This one comes to us from Brett. Three-way one here. Only have to pick one here, Mox. Tyler Shuck going up against Oklahoma, or Joe Milton going up against Vanderbilt, or Anthony Richardson going up against Florida State. A lot of, I would say, upper-mid options here. A lot of potential for any of these guys to go off, but there's definitely a lot of question marks at each of them. Where are you going, Mox? Uh, this is pretty easily Tyler Chuck for me. Uh, I Again, I don't trust Joe Milton yet. I definitely don't trust Anthony Richardson. This Florida State team is not bad. Mm-hmm. Like This is a top 15, in the con- 15 team in the country. Um, their defense has played a lot better in recent weeks, too. Like You get pressure on Richardson, and he kind of collapses a little bit. I think they can do this with Jared Verse this week. So I am definitely rolling with Tyler Chuck. Yep. It is a bad Oklahoma defense. Yeah. I'm going to roll up with Tyler Shuck. Oklahoma defense has been playing a little bit better recently, but again, it also has come against some pretty banged-up QB situations. Um, they played against West Virginia. They had a QB change in the middle of it. Uh, JT Daniels wasn't performing well in that game at all. Then they played last week against Oklahoma State. Spencer Sanders still isn't himself. They were able to take advantage of that. Maybe Tyler Shuck in a Zach Kidley offense. Let's get it done this week. I'm going to roll with Shuck as well. Next one, quarterback question comes to us from Mr. Benjamin Jacob, the Baylor Bear himself. He's asking about Brady Cook, quarterback out of Missouri, going up against Arkansas this week, or Jalen Daniels going up against Kansas State, or Garrett Green going up against Oklahoma State. This one pretty easily for me is Garrett Green going up against Oklahoma State. Oklahoma State's secondary especially has been atrocious. In the last two weeks, Garrett Green has produced some pretty fine fantasy production for you again i believe he's had one game of 29 points another game of 33 points he can do that again against oklahoma state pretty easily this week i would roll with him over brady cook or Jalen daniels who to me have a lot more question marks what do you think box yeah i agree but i i also want to say that getting to the championship with these three as your quarterback options very impressive oh yeah very impressive because these are some terrible quarterback options, all things considered, and I think the rest of your team oh, is probably no. baller. No, 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 no. Um, if I remember correctly, Ben's league is Big 12 and SEC only. Oh, okay. That makes a lot more sense. So I disregard everything I said. Garrett Green, regardless. Yes. But again, that's kind of still impressive considering yeah. the other quarterbacks in this in these two leagues. So Yeah, good job, Ben. Hat tip. 
Next one comes to us from our boy here at Campus of Canton, Dwight Peebles. He is asking, Todd Santeo going up against Coastal Carolina or Frank Harris going up against UTEP or Joe Milton going up against Vanderbilt. A lot of questions about Joe Milton this week, and I understand I understand why. A lot of upside there, very low floor. Don't worry about it. You got two other good options here, Dwight. Todd Santeo or Frank Harris are both good options. I would roll with Frank Harris here. He's the QB5 on the year. He's been a stud so far. UTEP is not good enough to slow him down. I would roll with him. I agree. Um, this is my Joe Milton PSA because we've had a lot of questions about it, and I guarantee a lot of people are struggling with this decision in their leagues currently. In the championship, you are undertaking a lot of risk starting Joe Milton, who we have not seen this year, who has not been good when we've seen him. He has upside, absolutely. But Vanderbilt's playing better. And I don't think that I want to put my championship hopes on a guy like Joe Milton the last game of the year. That is my PSA, read Joe Milton, because we've had a lot of questions about him, and I guarantee it's not just um, people asking. My- I lost go Frank, Har- Frank Harris as well, by the way. My quick PSA on Joe Milton is I would only start him if you're in a deeper league you have been relying on Hendon Hooker all year long. Your quarterback room is pretty weak without him for the most part. And you're picking up Joe Milton, hoping that he can recreate Hendon Hooker. That's all I would say. Next one comes to us from another one of our boys here at Campus Camp, Ethan Sowers. Asking about KJ Jefferson going up against Missouri or CJ Shroud versus Michigan. I think this is a legit question. Again, normally I would be start your studs. CJ Shroud's been good this year. KJ Jefferson, very good matchup in my opinion going up against Missouri there. I expect Arkansas now, they their offense looks a lot better with K.J. Jefferson back under center. I think I might lean towards him, but again, there's also the thing in the back of my mind saying, if Ohio State gets up on Michigan, Ryan Day will show no mercy, and that will come through the arm of C.J. Shroud and those wide receivers. So, box aside for me. Okay. Um... It's pretty easy for me, actually. I would go see Deshroud. Okay. Uh, Mich- Michigan secondary doesn't particularly scare me. Their front seven is kind of their best unit, but they it's not as much they're getting after the quarterback as much as they are just to have two really de- solid defensive linemen, a- and they control line of scrimmage. I don't necessarily think that's going to limit Stroud enough. There's no guys get after the quarterback the same way that they had, like, Hutchinson and Ajaba last year, right? Um, I think Jefferson's still a little banged up, too. Mm-hmm. Like, he was hurt a couple weeks ago, and I, he just doesn't quite look right. And Missouri's defense, all credit to Missouri. That defense has played a lot better yeah. this year than they were last year, oh, and last a lot year better in recent atrocious. weeks, too. Yeah, so I, I don't like I don't love my players going against Missouri. I actually think that they're kind of a dangerous defense, so I'm going to go with Stroud. Okay. We actually, um, We'll get into it in these questions later. We actually got a lot of questions regarding Mizzou players going up against Arkansas this week, so clearly... A good matchup for Mizzou players there. Next one, another QB question here. This comes one comes to us from Michael Erickson. Jake Hayner going up against Wyoming or Bo Nix versus Oregon State? Got to go Jake Hayner here again. Good matchup for Fresno State right here. Bo Nix continues to be hobbled. Again, I'm not going to repeat myself too often here, but Jake, Jake Hayner has reinvigorated this offense for Fresno State. Him being there versus him not being there is very clear night and day how much better the entire Bulldog offense is with him under center. They're going against a weak Wyoming de- or a weak Wyoming team. I would roll with Hayner here. What do you think, Box? 
Yeah, I tend I, I tend to agree. Um, mostly for the reasons that we talked about. Like, I don't think Bo Nix is totally healthy on the ground, and that's where a lot of his value comes from. Mm-hmm. Um, Wyoming's defense is a lot worse against the rush than they are against the pass, but I don't think it's going to matter in this matchup. So I'm, I'm rolling with Hayner. Yeah. Again, regardless, Hayner will probably throw at least two or three touchdowns, I would say, because yeah. they're just going to score that many points. Next one comes to us from Goose, who is asking about Will Howard going up against Kansas. Uh, he he stated that he had both Will Howard and Adrian Martinez. Adrian Martinez now confirmed out for the week. So it's Will Howard going up against Kansas or Michael Penix Jr. going up against Washington State. I'm just going to go with the guy here who has a better matchup, and that's Will Howard. Uh, Michael Penix Jr., Washington State, has a very scrappy defense, held a lot of good offenses to some limited points this year. Just look what they did to Arizona last week. I would roll with Will Howard, who is a master of the offense that Kleiman has produced there at Kansas State. I would feel very confident with him if I was rolling him as like my second option at QB. What do you think, Mox? Man, I have such a tough time sitting Penix for Howard, but I think that's the right call. Uh, like you said, Washington State's defense is a lot better than maybe than people realize. People may not realize that Washington Washington State almost beat Oregon. Yeah, like it took a massive Oregon comeback to to win this game, and they had pretty much neutralized their offense. So I I am going to go with Howard. I do think the Penix has the upside here, but think Howard could score a bunch of points against Kansas as well. And Howard has has a better dual threat ability between the two of these guys as well, so he could absolutely yeah. take a touchdown or two in by himself. So I would roll with him. Last quarterback question. This comes to us from Tiger Bob, and he is asking about Drake May going up against NC State or Dorian Thompson-Robinson going up against California. Both studs. It's hard to sit Drake May in championship week given what he has given you so far. But also, it's really hard to sit Dorian Thompson-Robinson. And if these if these are two quarterbacks that you're deciding against, you got a really, really good quarterback group there, Tiger Bob. I think I'm going to lean towards Dorian Thompson. And the matchup against California. Again, I'm just a little worried about this NC State defense limiting Drake May and the UNC offense to more than what we've been used to. But I kind of, I get, I get the argument. It's like, He's carried you this far. Why sit him now? What do you think, Mox? I can't sit Drake May. I just can't. I, know. I understand it, the it, matchup. It's I hard. understand the matchup. I can't do it. I just can't, I just cannot do it. Dorian Thompson Robinson has flaws. Um, a lot of people were talking about how great his game was last week. I don't think it was that good. He made some really critical errors, and he could do that this week as well. Um I just, I just don't think you can sit Drake May, and I understand the risk involved in that against the NC State defense. I'm, I'm going with the guy that brought me to this dance, and that's my boy Drake May. Yeah, again, it's hard. Again, I, I maybe I'm a little biased here because Dorian Thompson Robinson has basically carried me to a championship in at least one league as well. So I these kinda, are both I, top I, five I, quarterbacks, by the way. Yeah, I was like, saying, I, I rank I both these guys in the top five. This I week. don't. So it's not like it's an easy decision. I was say I don't think, I don't think you go wrong here. I, it, Tiger Bob, if you can find a way to get both of these guys in. I would do it. Yeah, who's your other quarterback, man? Or, like, that's or what I want to know as girl. well. Um, like again, like are are you hiding Caleb Williams as your other quarterback or Clayton Tune? In which case, you might have just won this league already, my dude. Yeah, let, let, yeah, that's a good question. Alrighty, 
Let's go to the running backs here. Far less of these. Again, you guys really want to know about quarterbacks this week. We've got five running back questions. We'll get through them here. First one here comes to us from Aaron Wilcox. Zach Evans going up against Mississippi State or Nicholas Singleton going up against Michigan State or Kendra Miller going up against Iowa State. Iowa State is a terrible matchup for Kendra Miller and Kendra Miller is banged up for sure. But I have a hard time sitting him considering that out of these three, he is if, if he is healthy and he plays, he will have the most volume out of these three by a good margin. And Iowa State, while they are a very good and scrappy defense, held a lot of good offenses to a lot fewer points than their season averages. I still think that Kendra Miller is probably the biggest part, one of the biggest parts of that TCU offense, and he'll find a way into the end zone. I trust that a lot more than a guys like Zach Evans or Nicholas Singleton, who any given Saturday could be the RB2 for their teams. What do you think, Box? This, in my opinion, is the toughest question on the on the sheet. Um, so I don't have a lot of confidence when I get this answer, but I think it I think it's Nicholas Singleton. Because I think Penn State is going to put the hurt on Michigan State this week. And even if we don't believe that he is going to be the true RB1, I think there's an opportunity for him to score pretty well. Um, Kendrick Miller's hurt, like you said. It scares me a little bit. Iowa State has a top 10 defense in both Russia and pass. They like to muck, muck it up, so I... I hate playing players against Iowa State. And then I like Zach Evans a lot. I have no idea what his role is in this yeah. game, though. It's true for Nicholas Singleton, too. Like These are all risky plays, in my opinion, for different reasons. But I think I would go with Singleton, and it doesn't feel good. Mm-hmm. But So I would argue him or Kendra Miller. I don't think I'd go with Zach Evans. My additional argument for Kendra Miller here is that if he plays – he has shown that even against a tough rushing defense like Texas, he still has the explosive ability. And all you need from him in just all you need from him throughout your fantasy day is just one really good run from him. One time where he just takes it to the house and he's done that for you multiple weeks. Iowa State's a really good rushing defense, but even good rushing defenses give up big plays every once in a while georgia look at their them giving it up to cody schrader who's really not all that great of a running back and cody schrader almost took a 60 yarder to the house on georgia even though georgia shut down the run on many many different teams this year so i would start kendry miller probably in the flex and would hope for a big run like that next running back question ty myers here Chris Rodriguez, running back out of Kentucky, going up against Louisville, or Nakia Watson, running back out of Washington State, going up against Washington. Two running backs, I think, that are pretty much on a roll whenever they go up against defenses that are not good. The good news is they're going up against defenses that are not very good here. This one is very, very difficult, in my opinion, because, again, both these guys have been pretty much on fire recently. I would lean towards Chris Rodriguez because of how Will Levis has been performing for Kentucky. They have had to rely on Chris Rodriguez just a little bit more to take advantage of teams that can't play physical with him. He is a type of running back that likes to seek and destroy. He is the kind of running back that loves contact. 
and will wear down defenses and can break a big one at any given point. Nakia Watson, again, it, it this one's a tough one in my opinion, but I think I'm going to lead Rodriguez. Chris Moxley, what do you think? I said, I agree. Um, Louisville is not a bad rushing defense, so I don't want to like pile on them. And Washington is a bad rush defense, but I do think Rodriguez is a safer play because I just think he's the better back, and I think that he could perform against better competition. Like I've been skeptical of Nikita Watson all year, and it's bitten me a few times, but I don't think this is a game that I want to play him in. I just realized I'm, I'm shaking my head real quick because I just checked on the action. I I I I just realized I sat Chris or Carson Steele in one of my leagues, and he's nine carries, 103 yards, and two touchdowns. Who did you sit him for? Uh, it's a, it's a small league, so I got I got studs. I got okay. I got studs in there. Like you, like you, it, it it's guys like um. Hold on, let me. I can pull it up real quick. It's um. Sorry, don't mean to do dead, dead air here. Uh, Saban Gira, Jaden Ott, Aiden Robbins, Dwayne McBride, guys like that. You started them over cart over steel. I I forgot to, again. I was worried about his injury, and I I I forgot oh, to go back and bit. change it. Um, fair, fair enough. Fair anyway, enough. Back to the running backs. That everybody actually cares about. Um, pick two question from Benjamin Jacobs. So Moxley, don't give me one answer again. Yeah, this I, under- one, I understand this, this time. This this one's going to figure itself out, I think, Ben. He's got Jabari Small versus Vanderbilt, Jameer Gibbs versus Auburn, Cody Schrader versus Arkansas. Jameer Gibbs likely ain't... Pl- it, it, or I can't say definitively that he's not playing this weekend, but like... I don't think he's playing. If he doesn't play, then like just start the other two guys. I don't, again, I think Jabari Small and Arkansas... Or uh, Jabari Small and Cody Schrader have pretty good matchups this weekend. Let's pretend that Jameer Gibbs does play this weekend. He, and he is fully healthy. I would start him, and I would start Cody Schrader. Uh, Jabari Smalls is more of a piece of the Tennessee offense. He is, like, r- even though they run the ball a whole ton for the most part, he is not the clear definitive running back. Um, or he's, he's, the, he's the number one running back, but, like, it's the offense doesn't run through him. Jameer... Jameer Gibbs and Cody Schrader can be the guys who th- their offenses run through, and those would be the two guys I would lean towards here. But again, obviously, if if Gibbs doesn't play, then Small and Schrader are your guys. What do you think, Pox? Uh, I don't think Jameer Gibbs is playing, so that's my answer as well. I'd be very surprised if he did. All it right. doesn't seem like he, he will. I hope he does, and then rushes for 126 yards this weekend so I can hit the over on my prize picks. Uh, season-long prop. Um, next question here. This one comes to us from Bag of Bones 33 And he basically asks, which, which Washington running back would you start this weekend? Oh, Jesus. <laughs> Wayne, uh, Tyler Papa, or Cameron Davis? I'm going to assume this is like a Pac-12-only league. And it's like, got to be. And, like you, and, he is, or, and he is just wondering, like, hey, I just need the starting running back. I probably would go Cameron Davis. Uh, he seems to be getting more touchdown opportunities than Wayne T, but I think it's mostly a, sh- a crapshoot. What do you think, Mox? Yeah, I'll go with Davis. Um, don't feel good about it. feel like this is one of the worst decisions that I would have to make of all time, but I think Davis is the guy. I think the, I, 
I think that he is getting the opportunity share in terms of both targets and rushes that lends itself to a certainly a higher floor and potentially is a ceiling play. Mm-hmm. Yeah, I agree. All right, one last running back question here. Comes to us from MWB. Kamani Vidal going up against Arkansas State, coming off a really, really good week this past week. Or Kalen LeBourne going up against Georgia State. Or Marquez Cooper going up against Buffalo. Out of these three, it's got to be Kalen LeBourne going up against Georgia State's defense. Not a very good defense. Has the best matchup. I would say of these three, has the best best CFF pedigree. He has been due for a really, really big game recently. He hasn't been able to find the end zone a whole ton over the last two games. I expect it to be the Kalen LeBourne show once again for George, for Marshall this week. So give me LeBourne. Fox. I have a tough time with this one, too. Um, I'm going to go with Marcus Cooper. Okay. Mostly because I think he's been the most productive back on the year, and I, I think that he's pretty much locked in for like 20, 25 touches. Mm-hmm. Uh, I like Kamani Vidal as well. Like, this is a pretty good matchup for that Troy team. I think Troy's going to probably win by like 10 to 15 points against Arkansas State. Like, yeah. they're going to they're gonna limit this uh, Arkansas State offense. I like all three of these plays. If you can find a way to get them in your lineup, that'd be great. But I think I'm going to go with Marcus Cooper just because I like his role. And I think that could be a potentially high-scoring game in Buffalo. Yeah, I, I definitely like that as well. Um, let us go over to the wide receivers now. First question up here comes to us from Dan. I want to give Dan a quick shout-out because I think he has given us this exact question like for the last six weeks. Haven't put it on the show because for the most part, I have thought that because of one of these players' injury situation, it was a very clear question of who you start. But now, it's a legit question. And we got Cedric Tillman going up against Vanderbilt versus Jalen McMillan going up against Washington State. I'm going to go with the guy with the better matchup here. I'm going to go with Cedric Tillman going up against Vanderbilt. Had a really, really nice game against South Carolina last week despite their team's overall performance. Cedric Tillman looks like to, looks like he's back to being that guy for Tennessee. And again, had a much better day than Jalen Hyatt, which very much disappointed a lot of Jalen Hyatt fans last week. So give me Tillman here. Mox, what do you think? Yeah, I tend to agree. We talked about Washington State defense earlier. I, I think this is the spot where you can actually play Tillman in. I'm very concerned about the Joe Milton situation, but I feel better about Joe Milton getting the ball to Tillman, even if it's like near the line of scrimmage. Than I do against McMillan against this Washington State team. And all again, once again, all you need with Joe Milton, again, he's a big play guy. All you need to do is have him hit Tillman deep just once. And you're pretty much good to go right there, I would say. Next one, another question from Aaron Wilcox here. Tory Horton going up against New Mexico or Trey Palmer going up against Iowa or Tez Johnson going up against Arkansas State. I think we can both agree Tez Johnson has the best matchup of these three because Arkansas State's defense is very very much hashtag not good but it's hard for me to ignore Torrey Horton and the absolute monopoly he has on the target share at Colorado State even against bad defenses he has been the focus uh only one game he's truly disappointed in and that was the one really weird game where he had like nine targets and one catch it was just something absolutely ridiculous in terms of a stat line probably not going to happen again 
New Mexico, probably a pretty decent defense for a, a Mountain West school, but nothing I don't think that a talented guy like Horton can't take advantage of. I think I'm still going to lean Horton here because of how far he's kind of taken me and others who have had him so far. It's hard for me to sit him. Trey Palmer, it's a it's a roll of the dice whether he has a really big day or not against these pretty good defenses. He had a much better day against Wisconsin last week than I was going to give him credit for, but granted, that was a little lucky because he had two touchdowns on six catches, so definitely a little bit of luck involved there. I would go Torrey Horton here. Mox, what do you think? Yeah, I'm going Horton. No argument. Basically, exactly what you said. He has a locked-in workload against New Mexico's defense is fine, but it's not that good. Nope. What is Horton on the year? I'm trying. To, there we go. He's wide receiver 12 on the year. Yeah, I, I probably again. He's he's gone up against defenses that are even better than New Mexico's. I would start him with pretty good confidence. Next one here, another pick two. Pay attention, Mux. Uh Luke Probosco is asking this question. Matthew Golden going up against Tulsa or Cedric Tillman going up against Vanderbilt or Chris Thornton versus Coastal Carolina. Matthew Golden is out of the question here for me. He is back. He looks good, but he's clearly still at any given time the number two or number three option for Houston still. Next year is when I think he makes that big step up when when Nathaniel Dell is gone. I don't want to play a number two wide receiver here. In this week, if I can avoid it, especially when your other options are Cedric Tillman, who could have a really big week, or Chris Thornton. Chris Thornton, please, for the love of God, score a touchdown this weekend. I would roll with him here. Because, again, less questions about the quarterback situation, less questions about the matchup. Uh, I was shocked. Uh, Maybe I misread the line, but, like, James Madison's favored, like, over 20 points in this matchup against Coastal Carolina. It's something nuts. And so there should be plenty of opportunity for him to find. I, I, I say it out loud, but I'm like, that can't be right. Hold on. I'm double checking myself on that. Because, like. Um, I was going to say, I don't think that's right. 13 and a half. Okay. Okay. They're still favored by almost two touchdowns in this matchup. So I still expect. James Madison to find plenty of scoring opportunities here. And again, please, for the love of God, Chris Thornton, be one of them. He has the most consistent situation right now. I would lean him over Cedric Tillman or Matthew Golden. What do you think, Box? Um, yeah, I. this is a tough one for me, too. I think I would go Golden, actually. Actually, just I don't think this Tulsa defense is very good. I think they're quite poor, and I think Golden's kind of established himself as a wide receiver two here. I don't want to play Tillman unless I think that he's the clear option because I'm worried about Joe Milton, and I like Chris Thornton a lot, but they might that game might get out of hand based on the uh, the spread. So I I will go with Golden. And I I have been a Golden skeptic for a while, but I, I think this is the week that you can play him. I again got oh it's a pick two I ignored my own thing um yeah no I still think I would go Cedric Tillman and Chris Thornton here again I just gotta completely disagree with you Mox but that's okay that's what that that's what the show's all about it's fun I'll go Golden and Thornton okay pick two all right next one comes to us from Shady Sports hopefully you're not very shady in your leagues Xavier Worthy going up against Baylor 
or Tyler Hudson going up against Kentucky or Jonathan Mingo versus Mississippi State. Jonathan Mingo out of the question here. If you're going to start any Ole Miss wide receiver at this point, I think you go with Malik Heath. He's definitely been on the hot streak recently. Xavier Worthy, man, what a disappointment so far this year. Just drop balls everywhere. Just has not been able to put it together this year. Baylor is a secondary he can take advantage of. But Tyler Hudson, man, he has become a clear wide receiver one for Louisville over there. If McLee Cunningham is back, I trust that quite a bit. Kentucky has a good defense, but not so good that Tyler Hudson can't have a good day against them. Maybe I'm clinging on to too much hope here, but I think you probably still go with the potential big play in Xavier Worthy. Mox, are you going to tell me I'm wrong here? I think I'd play Tyler Hudson. Okay. I mean, it's fair. Um, like, even even if Cunningham's out, he's managed to produce a little bit. I just don't know what to think of Xavier Worthy right now. Like, I think he's one foot into the transfer portal. Oh, well, yeah. So, I don't really want to trust him this week. And I don't. I agree about Jonathan Mingo. I I think that he's not the guy you want to play on this Ole Miss team. Yeah. Let's say uh, let's say Shady Sports here can go to the waiver wire and pick up Malik Heath, who is I think the better Ole Miss wide receiver to play right now. Would you start Malik Heath over Tyler Hudson or Xavier Worthy? Uh, I think I'd probably still play Hudson. Okay, fair enough. All right, another question here from Benjamin Jacob. Jermaine Burton versus Auburn. It's been a while since we had a question about Jermaine Burton. Or Moose Muhammad going up against LSU or Bryce Ford Wheaton going up against Oklahoma State. So this is the the SEC Big 12 League. Yes, so the SEC Big 12. Uh, Moose Muhammad, no. I don't trust that Texas A&M offense at all right now. They still can't seem to get anything going. Even with Wiegman under center, it seems like that they've got a long way to go to get get that going. I probably would go Bryce Ford Wheaton here versus Oklahoma State, getting a little bit more consistency with Garrett Green under center. Probably can take advantage of this Oklahoma State defense just a little bit more. I don't trust any Alabama wide receivers, man. Again, Jermaine Burton finally had a really, really good day this past week. 128 yards, two touchdowns. The performance that we were kind of hoping to see from him pretty much all year. Finally got it last week. But I I can't trust any Alabama wide receiver to put together two performances week to week. Bryce Ford Wheaton definitely been an up and down year for the most part this year. But again, best matchup here. I would roll with him. And also makes a nice little stack to go along with Garrett Green, who I recommended you play at quarterback earlier. So that's more of my thought processes. What do you think, Mox? This is actually very easy, easy for me. Um, I'm going to go with Boost Muhammad. Okay. He has been like excellent the last five weeks. Like above 64 yards in every single matchup. Um, 75, 99, 112, 64, and then 31 against South Carolina, and he was shattered by Cam Smith, who is a first round NFL corner. He's been playing really well, and I don't, I, I'm not ready to move off of him right now. Uh, Bryce Wheaton's kind of struggled in recent weeks. Like, he hasn't had a game above 53 yards since what game was that? Uh, the first Saturday in October. So week five. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna go with Moose Muhammad. Okay. I don't even consider Burton in this question mostly because I just don't think you can rely on him. No, I don't think you can rely on any Alabama wide receiver all year. Don't start now in championship week. 
Last wide receiver question. This comes to us from Michael Corey. You got Jalen Cropper versus Wyoming or Dorian Singer going up against Arizona State or CJ Johnson going up against Temple. I have a pretty easy answer here, despite the fact that he is the lowest ranked on the season in terms of uh, in terms of the overall season. He is the wide receiver 28 versus the other two are wide receiver 21 and 22. Or excuse me, the wide receiver I'm about to talk about is wide receiver 28. The other two are wide receivers 21 and 22. You can't sit Jalen Cropper with how he's been performing over the last three weeks since Jake Hayner has come back. 23.8 fantasy points, 32.4 fantasy points, and 17.3 fantasy points in half PPR formats. Dude has been absolutely on fire. Like I said, Fresno State going against Wyoming. Uh semi-tough defense but not anything that Jalen Cropper if he gets on fire can't take advantage of I would roll with him definitely over CJ Johnson who really that entire East Carolina passing game was a massive disappointment last week considering that Houston had one of the worst passing defenses on the year and they couldn't take advantage of that whatsoever and then you have Dorian Singer who has been very very good for Arizona I think he's a strong play as well, but again, just with how Cropper has been the last couple of weeks, I can't sit him. What do you think, Box? So I'm playing Dorian Singer. Uh, here are his last four weeks. 23.9 points, 39 points, 13 points, 34.6 points. So he's been over 23.9 three or four times and over 34 two or four weeks. That's in full he PPR is, formats, I would imagine. Because I'm looking yeah, at his stats. Yeah, he's more on... of a deep threat. He's more of a deep threat anyway. So like, you give him. Yeah, a lot of those came on like six reception games. Oh, so I, 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 I I don't have the calculation in front of me, but this is a better matchup than Wyoming is. Wyoming's secondary is I I think better than Arizona State's. So that's what makes me lean, um, lean with Singer because they played good Washington State secondary last week and he performed incredibly well. So like, I just think he's basically matchup proof and it doesn't really matter because I think he has a better matchup this week. Hmm. Again, I, maybe maybe I, I need to check my stats, but three weeks ago he put up 1.4 fantasy points and half point PPR. Definitely had a little bit of a stinker there. Um, so maybe I need to double check my stats, but that's what I'm looking at here. Oh, I should have said last four or five. You're right, because that was against Utah and he got shadowed by Clark Phillips. Yeah. So, also in that first round NFL corner, top 15 pick. Okay. So I don't put a lot of stock in those types of matchups, but for what it's worth. Fair enough. Uh, again, I think those are your two options you're definitely debating between right here. Again, I think that, again, both are definitely on a hot streak here. Um, I'd still lean Cropper out of the two of them. But if you want to play Doreen Singer, I'm not going to cry about it. Flexes. Let's go over to the flexes here. Mott's. And let me just do some real quick. All right, there we go. Um, first one comes to us from our friend on the Campus Canton Discord here. Uh, he did this on Twitter, but we mostly talked to him in the Discord. BT Cannon, he is asking about Ta- Toa Tawa, running back out of Nevada, going up against UNLV. Or we could go with Luther Borden, wide receiver out of Mizzou, going up against Arkansas. Or we could go Nicholas Singleton, the running back out of Penn State, going up against Michigan State. Box, where are you going with this one? This is a, this is a good one, too. I think we'll go Totala. 
Um, I don't think UNLV's defense is very good. I don't really trust Luther Burden right now. Like everything he's doing is within five yards of line of scrimmage. So yeah. unless he's hitting a big explosive play, which he can do, don't really want to do it. And then I, I said I like Dick Singleton earlier, but I just don't necessarily know if he's going to see the same workload that Totale is against arguably a worse defense. I would agree. Yeah, I'd, I'd say I'd lean Totale here as well, especially if this is a non-PPR league. I would definitely lean towards the clear RB1 in a good matchup over, again, Luther Burden, I think, has the explosiveness to him to where, again, yeah, he could hit a five-yard slant and then take it to the house pretty much, and especially against an Arkansas defense that has not really improved as the year has gone along for the most part. They gave up 700 yards to Ole Miss last week, so Luther Burton easily could have a pretty good day, but I think I'm going to lean towards Toa Tau as well. Next one here. This one comes to us from Jay Lajunesi. Jay, please let me know if I completely butchered that, and please let me know how to pronounce that. Uh, he is asking our good friend Dorian Singer going up against Arizona State or Puka Nakua going up against Stanford. He also asked about Say Bangura. I completely forgot that Say Bangura is playing tonight as we speak, so we're not going to worry about that. So Dorian Singer or Puka Nakua, where are you going with this one, Mox? Um, it's a good question. Both these guys rank incredibly highly for me this week, so yes, I think you're you're set either way. But I think I'll go with Puka, mostly because I think that he's just a guy. He's earned the can't sit designation. Mm -hmm. He like every game he plays, he's just been so incredible this year. Yeah. Uh, and I I think that Stanford is a really good matchup for this team, and he can be dangerous both on the ground and through the air. So I would not be surprised if he had like two to three touchdowns this week like it just feels like a really good game for him only thing i would say here is i'm going to lean puka because dorian singer as incredible as he has been jacob cowling and tet mcmillan definitely provide just a little bit of competition in terms of the target distribution puka nakua pretty much has nailed his monopoly of the wide receiver room for byu for the most part maybe keanu hill is somebody you might be a little bit afraid of there, but nothing compared to the competition that, Sorian, that Dorian Singer sees on a week-to-week -week basis, so I'd lean towards him. That's not to say that Dorian Singer is not a really, really good play here. If you can find a way to get both of these guys into your lineup, I would find a way because, again, this is your flex question. I would double-check your wide receiver spots just to make sure that there isn't somebody else that you can sub the other the loser here in for. Next question, Michael Erickson comes back once again with another flex question. Sean Tyler versus Toledo, DeMario Douglas versus New Mexico State, or Devontae Walker versus Buffalo? Sean Tyler's out here for me because I think Toledo is a very good defense for the MAC. Uh, a lot of good running backs not been able to perform extremely well from versus Toledo. If you if you if somebody has seen Production versus Toledo, it has mostly come through the past, so I'm probably going to say no Sean Tucker or Sean Tyler there. Mox, can I ask you about Devontae Walker this week? Buffalo, at least on its face, has a pretty decent secondary for a MAC team. There's no guarantee that Colin Schley plays this week. And if, if that is the case, we're left with Devin Cargan, who has... It's terrible. Not looked good. Just say it. 
just he's terrible. He's he's not looked good. He looks like a true freshman, and he looked better against Akron. But again, this is a pretty decent Buffalo defense. Are you scared about Devontae Walker this weekend? I'm scared if Colin Schley doesn't play. Yeah, I'm not scared otherwise. Uh, Buffalo has a pretty weak slot corner, and one of their outside corners is kind of iffy. And I think if all three of the receivers are playing this week, then it could be a good matchup spot for Devontae Walker. Um, so I, I feel good if Schley is playing. I would not start Sean Tyler, and I don't trust that Liberty situation as trust Demario Douglas. Schley doesn't play, I will play Douglas. But yeah. for the reason that I just don't trust this Western Michigan offense to score on Toledo. Yeah. I, I would pretty much agree with you. If Schley doesn't play, I'd probably lean towards Demario Douglas. Uh, and if he does play, it's Devontae Walker all the way. Last flex question here. We got Trey Palmer going up against Iowa or Kendra Miller going up against Iowa State. This one comes to us from Aaron Wilcox. Two guys on a regular basis. If they're playing an average defense, you love to start them. But this week in championship week they got two pretty tough matchups i would say here so mox where are you leading with this one i uh, i think you have to go with kendra miller um i just don't think this nebraska defense could move the ball against iowa i or sorry this offense could move the ball against iowa i've been iowa secondary is legit like their back seven especially is legit so i don't really want to mess around with trey palmer um but I, I do think there's a case that, that you can make for him. I just feel a lot more comfortable with Kendra Miller. I could see more points in the TCU-Iowa State game than I do for Iowa-Nebraska. I see a world where TCU is more successful against Iowa State than they are than Nebraska is versus Iowa. I think I'm still going to go with Kendra Miller here, especially since Kendra Miller isn't nearly as touchdown dependent as Trey Palmer has been the last couple of weeks against these tougher defenses. Go ahead and give me Miller here for Aaron. All right. Let us go to, we got one tight end question. This comes to us from Benjamin Jacob. Once again, this SEC Big 12 league, he's asking about Princeton Fant going up against Vanderbilt or Benson No, the... Out of nowhere, tight end option for Kansas State going up against Kansas. I'm going to keep this short. I think I'll go Princeton Fant again, especially with Joe Milton in at quarterback. I think you tried to see um, them not rely on him as much. Maybe give Princeton Fant a few carries here, especially around the goal line. Don't rely on Milton to throw only a two-yard pass that easily turns into a 10-yard pass whenever Milton throws the ball. I think fans might be utilized just a little bit more in this game to try to take away some responsibility from Milton. So I'm going to lean towards him, and I'm not really sure what to think of Benson, though, over the last two weeks. What do you think, Vox? I was going to say Princeton fan at first, but I think I'm going to go with Benson, though. Um, his last two weeks have kind of been a revelation. And I don't want to act like that is an anomaly. Like, I think that he could be a legit part of this passing offense this week. And I know that the upside for Princeton fan is like three catches. Like, has he even had three catches in a game this year? No, but he two. gets carries around the goal line, so. But he hasn't had any carries in the last three weeks, which concerns me. True. 
Um, I, I think that that might have been a short-lived thing where it just kind of worked out against Tennessee Martin where he had two and then Kentucky where he had one. In I Alabama. feel more comfortable starting to know. Oh, do you have one against Alabama? Yeah, one against Alabama, if I remember correctly as yeah. well. The one against Alabama, too. I just don't... Man, I just don't feel good about it. Starting... Like his, I just don't think his upside is very high. I think Sano might be legit, mm-hmm. so I'm gonna I'm gonna go with him. The um, only argument I might have against Sano is one Mason Fairchild, who had a similar two week stretch where he looked like a legit part of the Kansas Jayhawks offense, and then faded into obscurity. I'm just a little bit scared that's what's gonna happen with Sano here as well. But I would say probably again. I'm going to change my answer. I'm going to go with Ben Sano as well with Mox because Mox is right. One of these guys has the higher upside. The possibility that Sano could have anywhere from four to five to seven catches in this game as a legit part of this passing attack. The possibility that is far greater than Princeton Fant all of a sudden become a legit part of the Tennessee offense outside of some gimmick play. So I think I'm going to change my answer to Ben Sano. Yeah. And Mason Fairchild is such an interesting case, right? We talked about him again after the OU game, mm-hmm. two for nineteen, and then he went five for forty-nine, five forty-eight, like not almost ten points out of tight end isn't that bad, right? So, like, if he gives you Mason Fairchild, Mason Fairchild uh, expectation, are you gonna be mad that you got like ten points out of him? Like, not in championship week, more, but not in championship. Well, you're not getting. I don't think you're getting ten points out of Princeton fan. No, no, fair. Um. One question here. It's a a defense and special teams question. We don't usually do these, but screw it. It's championship week. Let's do things a little bit differently. This one comes to us from our friend Mitch Hart. He is asking, Utah defense versus Colorado, Liberty defense versus New Mexico State, or the Illinois defense versus Northwestern? I would not start Liberty's defense. I don't trust it. I... Again, again, New Mexico State, obviously a horrible team, but I don't trust it to be productive on a consistent basis. Definitely feels like a team. Definitely feels like a matchup where Liberty probably scores in the 40s, but they still let New Mexico State somehow find the end zone for a couple times, and they managed to score like 21 points. So I'd probably move away from that one. Kind of similar to how BYU let uh, Utah Tech score 26 on them last week. Utah, Utah defense versus Colorado and Illinois defense versus Northwestern are the more legitimate options here. I think I'm starting both of these DSTs in different leagues this weekend, so I would feel comfortable with either one here. I think I'm going to go with Utah versus Colorado. What do you think, Mox? Um, is it New Mexico or New Mexico State? New Mexico State. I forgot. To, I, I, I made a mistake on the show sheet. Okay, because one of those teams are slightly better than the other on offense. So, knowing that it's New Mexico State, I would not go with Liberty because I was. Um, I think we'd go with Illinois. Okay. Utah's defense has been a little suspect this year. Their front seven is not as good as it usually is. They're not as physical as they usually are. I think Northwestern's a pretty bad team, and I think Illinois has proven to us that they're a good defense. So I don't know how they're going to move the ball. Uh, I think Northwestern might be down like their top two quarterbacks this week, and and so I don't think it's going to happen through the air. And if like they got a pretty good front seven between Newton and um, 
don't remember what the other dude's name is, but they got some run stoppers mm-hmm. on, on that offense or that front seven. So I think I'm going to go with Illinois. So here's my argument for Utah over Illinois. It comes down to the fact that I know who on Northwestern could move the ball against Illinois. And Illinois' defense has kind of given up more recently than they did the first half of the season. First half of the season, they, they were incredible. Recently, they've kind of fallen off a little bit, but kind of given up a few more points here. Northwestern, you got Evan Hall there. He is a guy that, even if you have a really good defense, I think is talented enough to still kind of make them bend. Maybe not break, but definitely make them bend. Who on Colorado do you expect to truly move the ball against this Utah defense? That's a good question. Um... So I can't come up with an answer. I, I, I again, you, you're right. Utah's maybe? Utah's Fontenot. defense. Is not... how, how do we pronounce it? Fontenot, 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 Fontenot. Um, I think could. You basically the the, the situation is Colorado scores like seventeen, like that's, and uh, Northwestern scores like ten. These are both it. really good defenses. I was saying, again, these are both good options. Like, so like we're we're yeah. nitpicking here, but like I. I don't know. I feel like fighting you, Mox. We're gonna. I'm gonna go to bat for Utah's defense. No, uh, I would go Utah. Chris Moxie would go Illinois. I think both are good options. So, let's go to some of these higher scoring matchups again. If you made it to this far in, in your, if you've made it this far in your league, you more than likely have really good players. You're planning on starting. But let's say you just happen to have somebody with a really bad matchup this week, and let's talk about some of these games where you might find a little bit of value to be had but also maybe there's some guys here that we probably would say stay away from we'll see moxley arizona state versus arizona we'll go rapid fire with these because we're almost at an hour and a half here but question i'll ask here anybody underrated again obviously you have the studs anybody underrated here that you think would be worth a start anybody that seems like an obvious start that you would caution on here um, I'm trying to think if there's anybody I think is on actually underrated in this game. I feel like everybody's properly rated. Yeah. Um. Honestly, no. Like I know that's not a good answer, but I feel like we kind of know what to expect out of both these offenses. I would play Trenton Borget though this week for Arizona State. Like I think he he's startable option. The only the other player I might throw out there is um, Michael Wiley, the running back for Arizona. Again, it's been pretty much by committee there for the most part, but he seems to be kind of put in on the more important plays, especially down near the goal line. So if Arizona is going to run it in, he might be the guy that you want to do. Again, nobody that I'm counting on this weekend. This is more of a, I don't have anybody else to start a flex, so maybe I take a shot on Wiley here, try to get some of these points in this matchup. I would, for the most part, again, like Mox said, I think everybody's properly rated in this game. Uh, I forgot to mention this game's over-under is 65. Arizona favored by four points. Vegas is expecting both of these teams to probably hit the 30s. So, no worries there. Let's go to an ACC matchup. We talked about this earlier. I really, really like Riley Leonard in this game and plenty of the other studs here. A.T. Perry, Sam Hartman, no reason to bench any of them. Over-under in this game, 66.5. Wake Forest favored by 3.5. Vegas expects this to be a shootout. 
Mox, anybody kind of underrated or overrated in this matchup? Like guys you think seem like obvious starts, but go ahead and sit them. I would say underrated, maybe Calhoun, the wide receiver out of Duke, might be a relatively sneaky play. They don't have, he's not been like a consistent wide receiver one for Duke, but it seems like when they need one, he always seems to be there. He might be somebody I might throw at the end of my lineup in a really deep league. But outside of that, I can't really think of anybody else outside of the obvious starts. Jordan Moore had a big week for Duke last week. He's a converted quarterback. Okay. Uh, he had 14, 199, and 1. I think it could be an interesting option this week. Uh, almost 200 yards in like his first real exposure. Uh, sounds like Jamal Banks and, and Jonathan Green are both going to play for Wake, so they should probably be on our radar. Yeah, and Blake Whitehart, uh, I believe is healthy. I it should uh should be on your like tight end two radar. I think Taylor Morin might be the might be the play here for Wake Forest because again, Green and Banks both kind of banged up. Um, the coaching staff at Wake Forest has not been super committal to both of them being back again. They practice, but they have kind of been saying like, "Oh, we'll see how they go throughout the week and everything." If they're limited in any kind of way here, obviously A.T. Perry is a big beneficiary there. He's been a big beneficiary the last couple of weeks for Wake Forest. We're finally getting the season we thought we would get from him in the last couple of weeks. But Taylor Moore, and if those other two guys are pretty limited, and he's the other guy that's healthy there, I'd probably maybe throw him in again at the end of a lineup. Let's go to the AAC. We got Memphis. We got SMU. If you got Tanner Mordecai and you got Rashi Rice, I would highly recommend, like, or obviously, and if you're thinking even remotely about sitting them, don't. Uh, Mordecai and Rashi Rice's last game, home game is here. They're going to want to put on a show. They should have a really, really good day. Moxley. Once again, same question. Who's a little overrated here? Who's a little underrated here in terms of who of guys you would start? Uh, I think you could start Eddie Lewis on the Memphis side of the ball. Uh, slot receiver. No, he can't play both inside and outside. Uh, and don't overthink tight end Caden Prescorn. Like, he's been awesome yes. all year. Like, don't try to get fancy. Just, like, roll the guy who's getting, like, five to eight targets a game. Just yep. don't overthink it for the hot news stud. It's Caden Prescorn. Yeah. RJ Maryland as well for SMU. If you've picked him up, He's been incredible for you the last couple of weeks. If you're going to be wrong about him, be wrong about him because you started him and he didn't he didn't do enough. Then you started somebody else and he is going off for two touchdowns on your bench. Next up here we got Appalachian State to the Georgia, versus Georgia Southern. I kind of like we we got a good variety of different conferences here this week. This is nice. Appalachian State Georgia Southern. This game's also pretty much expected to be a shootout. Georgia Southern definitely struggling a little bit more the last uh, second half of the season than they were the first half. Some guys definitely not as valuable as they used to be. Van Trees definitely taking a little bit of a dive. Uh, Jalen White, he has performed well against some pretty good rushing defenses, but again, just because Georgia Southern itself is not scoring as many touchdowns, his upside has been capped a little bit. Do you still start Jalen White here, Mox? Because he's he's one that I've considered in other leagues. Uh, yeah, I think he's startable. Okay, he's just so 
like he's legit like really good i i think like he he's performed incredibly well even if he's not getting touchdowns i think that if he gets like 100 yards like they're probably gonna luck into a touchdown like he did i don't think he did last week but he's he's been really really good so um i'll throw this out mox because i'll throw my own little start sit discussion out here because again i'm in a championship league i'm just like you guys i have ones that i throw back and forth to myself cody schrader from mizzou against arkansas or jalen white uh going up against appalachian state i think i'd play jalen white i don't know i don't really trust cody schrader but i feel like i'm in the minority there i've been very slow to come around on him okay fair enough all right any uh other guys here um appalachian state guys what do you think of them I uh, think Amani Marshall's basically entered the conversation of a must start. Okay. At running back, I mean, he's been, he's probably the best running back on this App State team currently. And Georgia Southern's defense against the Rush is terrible. Yep. Really, really bad rushing defense. Um, so I like Amani Marshall this week. I, I think Keaton Robbins is kind of interesting. Um, he had a really big game last week, but he was a guy that had a ton of hype coming into the year. Mm-hmm. and so i just wonder if like now we're at the end of the season they want to kind of see what they have in him mm-hmm. but i don't really feel that good about the app state offense outside of the rushing game and amani marshall and maybe nate noel don't think cameron peoples is healthy what about chase bryce this is a guy that it's either yeah. you get 25 plus points from him or you get 15 to 19 there's really not been much in between it's been hard to, it's been hard to predict where he lands georgia southern on paper seems like a pretty good matchup and if georgia southern's offense starts to click and maybe appalachian state falls behind a little bit maybe then you see some better performance out of bryce here what do you think about him you have better options if you're in the championship you would think bottom line <laughs> straight up you would think some again maybe this is an acc only league all right then- let's Let's go to the SEC. Probably. Let's go to the SEC here. Tennessee Vanderbilt. I've talked about this game pretty much all week. I think this is going to be one of the shootouts of the week. Um, Joe Milton, if you need to, I think he's a very startable option. Mike Wright, I think, is very startable in this game. Cedric Tillman, Jalen Hyatt, they perform well. Or One of those two guys will be going off, if not both, in this matchup. Um... Ray Davis, I think, is an all right start. Again, Tennessee, for all their faults on defense, definitely has a pretty stout run defense for the most part. Again, if you're going to burn them, it's going to come through the air, which is why I also think Will Shepard is another pretty good start in this game, as well as true freshman Jaden McGowan, if you're in that kind of league where that's the kind of guy you need to start. What do you think, Box? Yeah, I, uh, sorry. I've had a very long day. I am I am exhausted. All good, man. Um, I get it. <laughs> I have such a hard problem or a hard time evaluating this Tennessee offense center, Joe Millen. I have no idea what to think because um, I just I've seen him play and he just looks so bad when I've seen him. <sighs> I think you can start Jalen Hyatt. I'm a little more tentative at Cedric Tillman. I talked about situations where I would start him earlier. I don't know if I would start anybody else in this tennis team. Maybe Jabari Small, but I'm not rushing to do it. No, I wouldn't. Um, yeah, on the Vanderbilt side, Mike Wright's a good call. 
Will Shepard's a good call. I think you can start Ray Davis as well. Um, so there's a couple startable options in this game, but the predictable ones, in my opinion. Like, if you yeah. got to this championship, you probably don't have to start Joe Milton. Like, that's that's the the caveat to all this stuff. Like, I yeah. think you might be overthinking it if you're rolling To with me, Joe it feels like a you only start Joe Milton if you've been relying on Hen and Hooker so far. He's now out. You and you have like ex- zero other options. And you have z- and you don't have any other options. Yeah. Like, Which is I, possible. But people he could have strong. a huge week. He could have a huge week too. Like he's a rushing quarterback who's incredibly athletic. But he could also post an Anthony Richardson like four point week. Like yeah. that's in his range of outcomes. It is. It is one hundred percent. And in which case I would laugh at Tennessee big time. Um that brings us pretty much to the end of our show here. Mox, do you want to throw anything out there again? We're at the end of the season. You want to throw any teasers out there about what Campus Kent is working on before we get out of here? Yeah, we have a uh, a promo coming up actually for Black Friday and Cyber Monday Ooh. at the end of end of the uh, end of the week this week. Stay tuned to our socials to get all of the details. But I will tell you. That if you are not a new member, or you're not a current member, it'll be worth your while. And if you are a current member, there will be some guide discounts in your future. Ooh. And you got anybody who has gotten those guides during the offseason last year knows just how valuable those are. So, like Mox said, keep your ears out. I'm gonna take a minute or two here to discuss what the future of Chase and Natty looks like over the next coming weeks. Obviously, the CFF season will be finishing this weekend as everybody fights for their championships. We'll be moving on to bowl games and everything in terms of the CFB landscape. Far less to talk about in terms of CFF relevance there. I tried to do it a little bit last year. It didn't really work out. Uh, You guys didn't tune in, so we're going to do things a little bit differently moving forward. But... Circumstance also gets in the way as well. Um, first and foremost, there will not be CTNs next week. First of all, it, uh, I want Mox and Nate and everybody to make sure that they can have plenty of time with their family. I don't want them worrying about making sure that they are they can get ready for show prep next week. But in addition to that, it also gives us a little bit of time to prepare for the mega season recap show that I will be doing with Chris Moxley and Nate Marquise. All three of us will be on here at the same time, and we will be recapping everything that we have learned from this season. We'll be talking about top players. We'll be talking about the best performances throughout the year. We'll be talking about biggest surprises, all sorts of stuff. You'll absolutely want to check out that show in the next coming of weeks. A lot of great analysis will be coming your way in that one. And then the question becomes, what happens after that? Well, me and my beautiful and wonderful girlfriend will be heading to Spain for the second half of December. So I will not be in town. I will not be here to make Chasing the Natty episodes, and we will not be back pretty much until New Year's. So during the bowl season everything, there just will not be a Chasing Natty episodes unless chris moxley gets on his hands and knees and begs me to send over all the all the graphics and everything so he can keep it running uh but that's probably not going to happen he wants to spend time with his family during bowl season as well we will be getting kicked off in january once again we will be getting right back into 2023 we'll be immediately hitting the ground running on that 
Really thank you guys so much for everything you have given us so far this season. Good luck to each and every one of you on your championships. And we'll see you guys for the season recap show in about two weeks here. And then after that, we'll see you guys in January. So really appreciate guys all listening. And you guys have a wonderful and blessed championship rivalry weekend. See y'all.